this was about as bizarre and as easy as it gets. So the number for me was a number that would allow me to never have to work. I feel like we got top, top, top. I went from a sale of you know five hundred thousand dollars to in debt. One hundred ninety-two million dollars. This is Built to Sell Radio with your host John Warlow. Hey, this episode of Built to Sell Radio is brought to you by the Value Builder System. I had the opportunity to interview Stephanie Breedlove the other day. She sold her $9 million payroll company for a cool $54 million. How does she do it? She focused on the eight things that drive company value. Things like what we call the Switzerland structure, monopoly control, recurring revenue, all things you're going to evaluate in your own business using the Value Builder score. It takes about 15 minutes to complete the survey. Go to valuebuilder.com. Hey, do you own a service business? If so, you may want to listen up to my next guest, Sir Hale Kahn. He ran a consulting business where the only assets were intellectual property, customer bases, nothing that you could actually touch or feel, only what was really in Sir Hale Kahn's head. Well, he did a fantastic job of getting out of the business by really documenting his processes and protecting the IP behind them. He went on to sell his business for low eight figures. Here to tell you the rest of the story is Sir Hale Kahn. Sir Hale Kahn, welcome to Built to Sell Radio. Hi, John. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So listen, you've had a couple of businesses and I guess maybe start off with your first business. Quickly describe that company, the e-learning business and, and how that came to an exit. Sure. Um, th- that's a company that I, uh, I set up back in 1999, 2000, actually the early era of the internet and the dot-com bubble, um, uh, the boom and the bust. Uh, that was an e-learning company that um, uh, I set up, uh, a very successful e-learning company, which was actually built from doing collaborations and partnerships with a lot of other companies, which is uh, my forte and, and what I do. Um, and that company was uh, very successful, um, uh, built that from literally zero uh, to, to eight figures, 25 million um, uh, turnover. And I partnered with a 150 million IT group in 2006. Um, did a when you say sorry? partner with, does that oh, mean okay, you sold yeah. it to or no, no, we 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 did a partnership with them. Basically, they had a list of 500,000 uh, customers who bought computer hardware. We were a software-based e-learning company. Um, we partnered with them to do a partnership to supply our software learning. Uh, um, uh, training to their 500,000 customers who bought computer hardware. And the uh, the partnership was so successful that um, they ended up um, uh, acquiring uh, my, my business, part, part cash, part equity um, stake in 2006. <clears throat> I became a board member. Uh, I had equity stake in the, the company also. And that was my first foray into uh, building a company and selling a company with, a, with an exit strategy. And then in 2008, um, during the dreaded recession, the uh, the IT group went bust. Basically, they made the mistake, like a lot of companies did back then, they had a very healthy balance sheet, a lot of cash, and they were just acquiring internet companies left, right, and center. Um, majority of the companies they acquired uh, turned out to be obviously duds um, and didn't do very well for them. And uh, they ended up sort of uh, spending everything they had and uh, liquidating in 2008. And I ended up going from basically being a multimillionaire to totally broke, um, uh, losing my company in the process because um, they owned a majority stake, uh, which I learned a lot from uh, in terms of, um, you know, uh, partnering and uh, uh, selling um, a, a business. So you essentially yeah. traded twenty five million a $25 million business for 
equity in a much larger business. Yeah, pretty much. Right? Yeah. And, no. Yeah, pretty much. And, and they owned a majority stake. We were now part of a larger group because they had uh, a lot more um, resources, um, you know, to help us grow the company. And that was our strategy. But obviously, uh, yeah, it, no, I was just gonna say, it's, it's funny, because it, it like, you know, it takes it takes a, a pretty savvy entrepreneur to build a $25 million company. Like a, a lot of the listeners uh, that would be listening to this would would be well south of that, right? So would be running yes. companies with a, a million or three million or five million dollars in revenue. So, so, and they probably think of themselves, and and they they should think of themselves as very savvy people. Know their you know their their business well. So to to talk to someone who's built a twenty five million dollar business, that sounds incredible. And I mean, on the on the surface, it sounds kind of naive or, um, uh, you, you know, I, I can't think of a better word to trade equity in such a large successful business in return for basically a minority stake. So what were you thinking? How did you on one hand build a successful business, but then have the, I mean, forgive me for using the word naivete to, to trade equity in it for, um, you know, essentially an illiquid liquid position in a bigger company. And that's it. I was very young when I, I started that company. And uh, the way we grew it was actually quite interesting. Um, we partnered with a lot of uh, online publishing sites who um, basically generated leads for us. We, we had a call center of 25 people. I headhunted um, a, a guy from New York to basically run the uh, the call center for us. Very successful. Um, we were selling $5,000 training uh, packages to uh, companies, B2B mostly, and then B2C. Um, profit margins were amazing. You know, we had like a 90% profit margin because it was an online digital-based product. Gr gross, and gross margin. I'm gross, yeah, yeah, gross profit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it, it was a pretty amazing business. I think what happened was, to be honest with you, um, I, I was so young and naive. And I think part of it was uh, the empire building mentality and probably a bit of greed uh, that we wanted to see the company uh, literally, you know, uh, grow as much as uh, possible. But also, the other issue is I had partners. You know, I, I wasn't on my own, so I had two more partners. Um, I had a sales director and I had a marketing director who became partners in the business. And then it becomes um, uh, it becomes uh, very. Uh, very difficult because of the vision, you know, um, uh, three people having a different vision in the direction they want to take the company. And I think to be honest with you, we saw what else was going on in the industry with other training companies being acquired uh, for equity and grown to uh, astronomical um, uh, figures. I think it was a matter of just, you know, uh, uh, taking the eye off the ball and and, and, and and the numbers, looking at the numbers and thinking, look, if we can become a hundred million um, uh, company within the space of, you know, a couple of years, um, that would be really great. But yeah, again, um, at that time, to be honest with you, my decision was really to sell the business outright. Um, but I had partners and, and you know, we, we had a we all made a decision and the end decision turned out to be the, uh, you know, the, the equity position, which, you know, I, 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 I've learned a lot from then. But I'm being so young. Uh, but that was pretty much how it how it happened. And then how did you pick yourself up from from that oh, and move that's on. A, that, that's a story. Um, you know, I when I lost everything, I went through a, a small bout of depression, and um, <clears throat> it was uh, it was quite uh, interesting uh, going through that because you know you see a lot of people who make millions and lose millions, and then you know that they come back. Um, I was very fortunate that um, basically, uh, at least I think that happened in two thousand and eight, and then um, at, in the space of eight to ten months. 
I, I did a deal with a, a publishing company where they, um, and I'll tell you quickly what it was, they had uh, launched a book called How to Use Your PC in Two Hours. It was uh, uh, aimed at the Silver Surfer baby boomer market. They'd sold 400,000 copies of that. I approached them with a licensing deal to um, create, to, to repurpose the book into a video course because remember my company, my background was video-based training, okay? And we created a DVD. I licensed the DVD to them. Um, I made seven dollars fifty um, uh, for each unit they sold. They promoted it to their four hundred thousand customers. We did just over two hundred one thousand units, and, and I made one point five million as part of that deal. Wow, that was a, that's a great comeback. Yeah, I was very I was very very lucky, mind you, because you know I've I've spoken all over the world and I meet people in the audience that have lost much more than I did and struggled to come back uh, to the same position. But I think the uh, you know the opportunity. Uh, I was I was faced with and the background experience of doing strategic partnering and licensing deals um, really put me back on my feet. And yes, that was instrumental in 2009, turning me around, which led to 2010, me uh, speaking around the world and um, training other uh, consultants, which I call joint venture consultants, how to do those sort of deals and also getting into the arena of uh, consulting and training, uh, which gradually moved up to working with corporate companies. So that was the current company that I sold just recently. Got it. Which was called JV Global. JV Consulting. Global Consultant Consulting. Yeah. Got it. And so what was the revenue model for JV Global Consulting? We had uh, three distinct revenue models. Uh, one was a, uh, a structure where we did training boot camps to train other consultants how to do deals and become joint venture consultants. We did those three, four times a year. Um, the I'll give you the figures for that. We charged $15,000 for uh, that boot camp program, which gave them three days of training to become consultants and then 12 months of mentoring. Uh, we would get between eight and 10 people uh, for each boot camp. So we would run those boot camps uh, three, four times a year. I mean, that was a very successful uh, business model. We, we did just over probably uh, five to six million dollars just from that model. Uh, I also did a lot of consulting with some large corporation companies. Now, in 2014, I was very fortunate to um, uh, have a mentor, uh, uh, Jacob Levinson, uh, the, uh, the, the, the creator of Guerrilla Marketing. Sure. And uh, before he passed away in 2014, we, we both co-authored a book called Guerrilla Marketing and Joint Ventures. And that really uh, put me on a different uh, stratosphere. The book I, uh, I used to get into uh, corporations to do consulting, and uh, I was charging between 30 to 50K a day for consulting. And, and that was um, a, a real big turning point. Working with a lot of uh, Fortune 1000 companies in America, corporate America was my um, uh, was my um, uh, a customer base. And um, I would go into an organization and I would um, uh, target the director of strategic partnerships, for example, and sit down with them and do one or two days consulting, basically deconstructing their strategic partnering platform and obviously also delivering some training at the same time for their team. Uh, because uh, a lot of these companies are doing strategic alliances and joint ventures. And, you know, I would be bought in to basically deconstruct in terms of what they're doing, procedure, process, uh, strategic uh, platform. And that's what I would get uh, paid as a consultant. And then the third model was the brokering, where I would broker deals uh, on behalf of uh, product owners or people who had lists, for example, to get them into um, uh, a more wider distribution market. So we had a couple of good uh, solid revenue streams uh, and the business was doing between three and five million dollars a year. 
um, uh, turnover. And it was just myself, uh, a VA, and then I had a team of uh, independent consultants. Um, also, um, as again, the first business that I had, the uh, online software training, you know, we created IP, which we owned also. And the IP, basically, it was interesting. I created the IP once, uh, but I repurposed that again and again um, when I went out to do consulting and training. So it, it turned out to be a very successful uh, company. Um, and to be honest with you, I was only working six months of the year uh, with the actual business because I was handling clients on a month-by-month basis, and then I was doing uh, boot camps three or four times a year. Uh, one of the reasons I created the, uh, the 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 way the company ran. My son uh, Harry is uh, now two years old, and uh, when he was born, I decided to take a bit of a break and um, uh, basically slow the business down. But the but the interesting thing was the business started doing more sales as I was doing less. So that was interesting. I think one of the things that uh, you know my my, my fees rose um, tremendously, and I was now working with uh, within corporate America. Um, doing uh, the, uh, uh, the 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 consultancy uh, deals, which was really interesting. So, the last year I partnered with uh, one of the top, uh, actually they're one of the top twenty sales training companies in the U.S. Uh, <clears throat> to train their sales team how to also go out and do joint ventures and strategic partnering. So now this is a sales training company that basically trains. Uh, you know, sales forces to, to yes, yes, to correct, sell. and they and they had their own team and. One of the things that I do as a consultant is I go into an organization and I help them decrease their current marketing and advertising costs down to zero and replace that with joint ventures and going out there and acquiring or using other people's marketing, okay, which is what I do, which, I, which is what I teach and also what I consult on. And <clears throat> this uh, sales training company last year, I went in and I trained their sales team uh, and uh, I did a train the trainer for them as well. I, I gave them, I licensed my IP so they could use that within their organization, showed them how to use strategic partner and joint ventures. And that partnership, again, was so successful. Last year, um, they wanted to do a, a merger because I mentioned to them that, you know, at that time that I wasn't really looking to. Uh, double my business at the time and do and you know uh, uh, and and overload my work because of uh, spending time with my son. I wanted to spend time with my son. You know he was a year old and I, the business was structured in the way that I could do whatever I wanted to, have the lifestyle, but but still make mid seven figures a year very easily. So that was um, uh, uh, that was left on the on the table, but I didn't pursue that. But then this year, a few months ago, they came back and they said, "Look, if you're not uh, if you don't want to grow your current business, we'd be interested in acquiring um, uh, your business for the processes and for the IPs and integrating that into what we already do and grow it." So. That was how the approach came. You know, I wasn't really at that time looking to uh, sell my business, to be honest with you. Um, I had an exit strategy, but it wasn't this soon. But the opportunity came. And at that time, it was interesting because, you know, I've got a, uh, I've got another baby due. <laughs> Actually, I've got a baby due in August. Um, I've got a ba- Yeah, thank you. Baby girl. So um, when that when that when they approached me a few months ago, I thought, you know, what, it's, it's, it's the timing's pretty, pretty right, because. Um, you know, I want to spend more time with my family and my kids and, um, uh, you know, and let's have a look and see what they're interested in, in, in the deal. So they were the, the company that approached me with an offer. Um, they made an offer to me initially 
and um, uh, but with a lot of restrictions, you know, they had a lot of restrictions as part of the deal. You know, they had a lot of compete, non-compete clauses, which would literally lock me out out of corporate America uh, in certain industries. And my thing was that if you if you're really serious and if you want me to take a you know a, a you know sign a three-year non-compete, you're going to have to at least double that figure. Uh, so they went away, um, thought about it came back and, and and they doubled the figure. So it was around the eight figure mark. Um, I was happy with that. But one thing I did was interesting, uh, you know, um, the, as part of the negotiation deal um, uh, and the restrictions, they were stopping me from doing things in the future because, you know, I'm known as the joint venture expert. You know, that's my expertise. And uh, uh, I've spent a lot of years building that collateral and brand in the marketplace. So <clears throat> when people search for me or they uh i get referrals is because someone said look go and speak to this guy because if you want to know more about uh, strategic partnering and strategic alliances uh, and collaboration he's the expert in the field so um i actually reached out to one of my mentors uh, a guy called t harvecker you, you must have you ever heard sure. of this guy yeah. And uh, T. Harv actually sold his uh, trading company not too long ago for eight for eight figures. I don't know the exact figure, but I think it was probably around the 50 million mark. But it was quite a lot. Um, and I said to him, look, I need some I need some advice. You know, how did you handle this? Because you literally sold your brand really at the end of the day. You know, you sold what you were known for, you know, your uh, your millionaire uh, mastermind events. And uh, that's what you're known for. And um, he was the same. He said, look, they made me uh, sign uh, a lot of um, uh, restrictions, a lot of uh, you know non-compete clauses. So I couldn't come back in the marketplace uh, to do anything. So, you know, I, I, I took some advice from him. And one of the things that we spoke about, again, was licensing. You know, it was like, you know, um, uh, having a, a, a caveat or having a clause in the agreement that allowed him to uh, still um, access <clears throat> some of that IP that he sold. So, what I did was, as part of my negotiation deal, was I said, "Look, guys, here's the thing. I, I'm, you know, I'm willing to sign a three-year non-compete. I don't have an issue with that, and that locks me out of doing a lot of things in corporate America, uh, in certain industries. However, what I'd like to do is I'd I'd like to um, license back my IP, and if I choose to use my IP for anything, like training, for example, um, I will give you a royalty every time you know I use that IP. So that was a deal." Uh, that I negotiated with them, which basically puts me in a position where, you know, in the next three years, if I want to go back out in the marketplace and do things uh, in that space, I can still do it uh, because I don't own the IP anymore, but I have a right to license that IP back, but I've got to pay them a royalty. And to be honest with you, the royalty was only uh, only 7.5%. So um, it's peanuts, really, when you think about it, uh, for me to access my IP if I want to, you know, continue using that in the marketplace. So many questions. So in terms of what they were buying, uh, you referenced the fact that this sales training company was buying this intellectual property, this IP. Um, what exactly do you mean by that? I mean, are these PowerPoint presentations, are these methodologies? Yeah. Like, what, what are Me they buying? Methodologies, PowerPoint presentations, and the actual process. I have a process that I created to uh, get into corporate companies. Now, out of every 10 corporate companies that I speak to, I, 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 eight of them become clients. Um, it's very specifically targeted using uh, methodology and process using LinkedIn, for example. Um, so the, the process that I, I, I developed on, on, and the methodology of, uh, of the consultancy, I've also created this um, structure where I have a, 
um, uh, a 50 page audit that I've created that I use to get into the, to the corporate company. So that coupled with my corporate list as well. So they, they, they are actually own my uh, my customer base as well. Uh, so they're going to use that customer base to sell more sales training. So that was also part of the deal. Got it. And did they also uh, negotiate to use your likeness? Do they do they refer to it as the Sir Hale Khan methodology or anything like that? No, no they don't because uh, you know that was something that was interesting and we had a discussion. But my business, to be honest with you, uh, most of it has. Uh, has been created around an organization rather than me as the as the face even though i have the collateral out there and that's what people do their due diligence on most of it is actually based on an organization where I, where i have other consultants also that i pass deals to so a lot of my consultants that i train independent consultants any deals that i don't do i pass them on to my consultants and we do a 50 50 split so uh, that was part of what uh, i've been doing over the last couple of years so it was a, it was quite a clean uh, deal so you had trained this sales training company, top 20 sales training company. You trained them. You done a train the trainer. I'm, I'm fascinated by the fact that they would not just steal the IP without, I mean, without calling it stealing, without basically taking it like you know, verbatim, but basically say, look, Sir Hale, we, we, you know, we, you know, we paid your bill. We, we paid for our people to be trained to do this. Um, what you have is PowerPoint presentations and a methodology, which we now know how to do. So like, we don't need to buy your company. We're just going to go ahead and do it. Why do they need they, to buy your company? That's the part I'm, I'm lost. Sure, on. sure. Yeah, they, they, they pay me a licensing fee every year and a royalty. So part of the deal is that I still get a, a figure from that. Um, and, and also, um, uh, one of the things that I've negotiated with them is is any deals done, I get a percentage of that. So I think for them, they want to keep 100% um, of what the discussion I had with them. I think also because I've dealt with a lot of corporate companies and legality-wise, uh, a lot of them, uh, it's too messy for them to do that, you know, to go around that, to, down that route. A lot of the organizations that I work with, especially the corporate companies, uh, it is quite a messy route for them to go down. So it was a shock for me also, to be honest with you, when they did that, when they approached me and they wanted to acquire that. I think the customer base was a, a big thing also. You know, I've worked with some very, very, very large uh, corporations in America that I have relationships with, and those have now been passed on to the organization. So I think all in all, that was also part of the deal that uh, led them to say, okay, you know what, we can, there's so much we can do here in terms of the resources that we've now acquired. Got it. And so when, when you talk about the actual acquisition itself, I'm assuming they bought the assets of JV Global Consulting, not the shares of JV Global Consulting. Is that correct? You're, you're correct. Yeah. Yeah. It was an asset sale. Got it. Got it. And that's a key distinction for my listeners to make. Um, when you when you obviously buy the shares, you're you're buying the liabilities of of the company and, and as an ongoing basically business, whereas you're buying the assets. Sometimes you could tease out some of those liabilities and, and, and perhaps in your case that was one of the considerations. Um, do, do you yes. know what, what other other considerations uh, made it an asset sale? I think that, I think that was it. Coupled with the fact that you know the uh, the, the context the context uh, I have in the industry um, was what they were seeking. So I think for them it was more of uh, amalgamating the the assets into their current operation. So uh, that worked well for them. Got it. And so of the you mentioned that the price, um, I think you said kind of 
uh, eight figures or something, something to that effect. But, but in any event, you had, they had an original offer and then they doubled the offer. What proportion of that was paid up front uh, versus sort of in the future? Yeah, good question. So um, uh, a large proportion of that has been paid up front. Uh, I'm under contract to stay with them for 12 months. Um, there are some targets they want me to hit and help them with, and that is dependent on uh, me uh, completing that within the next 12 months. So uh, it, it wasn't a straight uh, sale, um, uh, and, and, and I walk away. There is a, a still involvement that I have with them over the next 12 months. Got it, got it. And just for folks to get a sense of that, you know, cash up front versus future payment. Like, was it sort of ha more than half up front or? Can it was, yeah, it was more than half up front. Correct. Got it. Got it. Got it. Fascinating. So how did you go about, um, or have you, maybe, maybe you're still in the midst of doing this because this is still relatively new, but how did you go about transferring the equity you have with the, uh, the contacts that you have in the industry to the, the new company? Well, a lot of it was um, me um, sort of um, uh, making the introduction via conference calls. And um, because I'm still staying on for the next 12 months, I, I'm still looking after those accounts. Um, and then I have someone that also shadows me at the same time. So the transition uh, is basically why I stayed on for, an extra, for the extra 12 months is to make that transition uh, smooth. And eventually, by the end of 12 months, everything will be um, uh, a transition to the new uh, uh, to, to the new team that are on board. Did you think about, I mean, when you originally got the offer from the sales training company, did what was your reaction to that? I, I was quite shocked, to be honest with you, because it, it literally came out of nowhere. And uh, uh, I, I, I had had conversations with them over the period, you know, of last year. And um, they decided to go. They decided to say, well, they did say to me, that now we're going in a different direction. We're looking at something else. Uh, and I think the they were looking at uh, acquiring another company, which I think fell through. <clears throat> and I think they didn't get the the deal that they wanted with that. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why they came back to me because uh, we had that relationship previously, and they just wanted to discuss uh, terms basically. And uh, um, I was happy with that because I thought to myself, you know, uh, I'm fine with those terms, but if I could negotiate something on my behalf that uh, makes me happy with that, and then it worked out well. Because I mean, I'm used to negotiating. I, I do it on a on a high level uh, with with corporations, and you know, I'm I'm used to doing that. So. Um, that really worked out pretty well, and I think everyone was happy with that. Did you propose an IP or a, 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 a royalty or a licensing agreement to them in the in the beginning, or did they no, propose when, it? No, 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 no. When they when they said when they were when they sent me a proposal with the terms, that's when I reached out to uh, uh, to T Harvecker, one of my mentors, and I said, look, um, I, I need to just get some advice because you've done this yourself. You've sold your training. Uh, a company to a, a large organization and they and they had you know there were restrictions so how do i tackle this and i think the idea came when uh when uh, we were just having a discussion and i said look it, i i don't mind giving them this and letting them own it but you know um i could walk away and say you know what i'm not doing that anymore and i'll probably take a break or whatever but i thought you know um i, I still enjoy doing it and it's like it's who i am it's my identity so I thought, um, and, I, and one thing was also, I didn't want to uh, want to tread on their toes. One thing that T Half told me was, you know, you in a deal like that, you need transparency and you need honesty. So, you know, you just got to be very careful that you don't want to, uh, um, you know, do, uh, start off with the deal and then and then do something, you know, literally sort of like behind their back 
um, and then really ruin that for everyone. So I, I was transparent and honest with them. I said, look, I, this is what I'd like to do because if I had that option that I want to do something with it, um, then, uh, you know, I'd like to, you know, work that into the deal. And they were fine with that. So it was cool. Interesting, interesting story. So w- what happened next? I mean, w- you're in the midst of the, the earnout period now. You're in this 12-month sort of lockout period. Is that, is that, is that right? Yeah, correct. Got it. And so what's going to be, ha- what, what happens after that? Well, after that, uh, uh, I just got, I'm just uh, figuring out what to do. You know, um, I've done a lot of stuff in the, uh, the U.S. has been my main market. I've done some stuff in the, the Middle East, in Dubai as well. Um, and, um, we, you know, I've lived all over the world. You know, currently we, uh, I, I travel between London, uh, the U.S. and Dubai. And uh, in the new year, where I'm looking at moving back to Dubai to focus more on the Asian subcontinent market because I have a lot of friends in that marketplace and I've done business in Dubai as well. And that's a very uh, a, a good emerging market for some of the stuff that I do. So I think I'll be focusing a lot more on that market space. Um, I still get approached. I mean, it's been crazy, John. Let me tell you, um, ever since I've you know I made the announcement, um, it's just been crazy. You know, I I I told everyone I'm on a break because you know we've got a uh, I've got a baby due in August, but I've just I've got so many proposals that have come uh, uh, you know especially via LinkedIn. So I'm looking at. at things um i do a bit of mentoring for um uh for business owners who who need it it's something that i'm enjoying a lot of and i think moving forward i'll be doing a lot of um looking at investing in in companies also i've done consulting for equity in the past and i've really enjoyed that and now i have children um i think i want to do something for them so i think i'll be doing more investing and more sort of um consulting for equity uh, in the future uh, so, you know, my, my kids don't just have money in their bank accounts. You know, they've got something that's tangible and, and will sort of, uh, you know, uh, help them in the future. How did you protect the IP that you had built? Again, I, I'm thinking through the, the business model in JV Global and and how you had the, the kind of training boot camps where you're out there training your methodology, your expertise, this kind of secret sauce to this army of consultants yeah, I, I think one of the main things, you know, I have an IP lawyer who's who's helped me through the process. And uh, one of the main things I think is uh, building that um, um, credibility in the market space, which is which which was myself, really, to be honest with you, um, coupled with there's not many people in the market space that do what I do. Um, uh, it's it's a very specialist um, a subject and a very specialist expertise. So it's something that is something that not easy to copy. Um, especially the dynamics of going into corporations and setting up strategic alliances. You know, for that, you need a certain skill and certain uh, world experience. So I've been very fortunate. I've had no real um, uh, issues of uh, people trying to do that because I think it's such a specialist subject. But if the secret sauce is Sir Hale himself, then why did the sales training company think they could do this without you? It's, it's, it's a process. Uh, you know, I, I have a process, which obviously I can't uh, talk about on the, on, the, on the call, but there's a process that I use, a methodology that I uh, use internally. Um, and I don't, that's, that's not available anywhere, you know, and that's the methodology that I've been using within our organization, which is what they own now. So it's it, it coupled with myself, my, with me, it's the due diligence. When people go uh, um, uh, and doing a background search on the company, for example, part of the due diligence is they, they go and see um, the collateral that I have. But the methodology 
to get them to um, to say yes and to uh, come to the table to talk about how we can help them as an organization is what they now own. And that methodology is, is what's, what's helped us make millions in the organization. Fascinating. Fascinating. Well, how do people find out about you, Sir Hale? What's the, what's the best place to learn about you? Sure. If you want to learn more about what I do about strategic alliances and collaborations, I've got a lot of resources and training uh, videos on my site. The site is uh, www.milliondollarpartnering.com. And that's where you can find a lot of um, uh, uh, things about what I'm doing. And also, if you want to contact me personally on there, uh, that's the site to go to. Milliondollarpartnering.com. Sir Hale, thanks very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Built to Sell Radio with John Warlow. For complete show notes with links to additional resources, visit builttosell.com slash blog. John is the founder of the Value Builder System. To find out how to improve the value of your business by 71%, visit valuebuildersystem.com. John is also the author of Built to Sell, creating a business that can thrive without you, and the automatic customer, creating a subscription business in any industry. Connect with John at Facebook.com slash Built to Sell or on Twitter at John Warlow, W-A-R-R-I-L-L-O-W.